If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. I'm here today with Troy Wood, CEO of Lakeview Hospital. Troy, thanks for being here. So great. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I am so glad to have you as a guest because you asked me to serve on your board. Mm. Huge honor. I, I'm so pleased to be there, and I appreciate the opportunity. So I kind of wanted to talk about that, and we'll talk about leadership, and we'll talk about everything in between. Great. Well, I mean, thank you for serving on our board, number one. And uh, you do an amazing job, and you're on several boards. So you're, yeah, you and I join for Davis Tech, and then you're on my board, and I know you're on others as well. Just shows a great servant leader, leader in, in you, and thank you for all you do for our, our community. Well, thank you for reaching out. I mean, that's something that I didn't expect to have happen. Mm. It was completely out of the blue. And so it was an exciting opportunity. And of course, I jumped. Yeah. And, and you just add a great deal to the conversations and things. So it's, well, it's really you. great. I'm learning medical uh, terminology is a, deep, a little bit field, tricky. Right? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah. But it's interesting. Troy, mostly I kind of wanted to find out how'd you get to become C- mm. CEO of, of, of a hospital? I mean, what drove you? Tell me your story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we might have to go back kind of far. Okay, yes. Uh, yeah. Interestingly enough, um, you know, why did I go into healthcare in general, I guess? Um, something about me and my family that you may or may not know, or the community may, may not know, is that I come from a family of six kids who were all raised on a single income with my, my mother, who, because my father was in a severe accident when he was just, just over 30 years old. And he was an executive type of guy. He was, he was skyrocketing. We were in California. His accident leaves him disabled for the rest of his life. And, and my mom had a teaching certificate, but wasn't utilizing it at the time. So she was a stay-at-home parent stay-at-home at home time. Parent. Mm. And, and we moved back to California, I mean, from California to Utah. And, uh, and we, we were here, you know, being raised in Utah on a kind of a meager income. And so Number one, I spent a lot of time in hospitals when my dad was in rehab. So I got to see what was going on. I knew I had interest. I've got all my sisters are in, in healthcare somewhere or another in dentistry or in nursing and whatnot. They're CNO type of folks too. So we all had this kind of exposure really early on and got a real empathetic view of uh, the world in general. Yeah. I so mean, how old were you when your dad had his accident? I was 10. Oh, so you were little. Yes. Yeah, fairly little, but I remember it, you know, like it was yesterday. Yeah, because you were probably there with your mom all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so there, we, we got that exposure, and so I knew I wanted to do something. But I also knew that I needed to contribute back to the family. So my work ethic started really, I, I started, I, I knew that if I wanted a car at, at, when I was You'd a teenager, I had to buy my own. And so imagine this, I was uh, 14 years old, I had a 10-speed bike, if anybody of your listeners remember what a 10-speed bike is. And I went from the top of Bountiful 500 Sal to the bottom, and I applied at every organization on that, uh, that strip. And one, one um, taco time hired me at the age of 14. So I, 14. I started at an early age, and, and I've always... Um, contributed back because I think that's very important. But I never knew that I was going to be a leader. You ask, you know, how did you become a CEO of the hospital? Well, um, when I went to college initially, um, I, I got a master's in, in social work. I'm an LCSW to this day. I hold that. And, and that's a 
a prized possession for a CEO more than my business degree. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Because Working you're with employees people. And, yeah, people. Yeah. So it's a, it's a people business. And when I got to Lakeview in 2001, I had been running psychiatric hospitals as a social worker. Did you practice? As yeah, a I had a then? I had a private or, practice in Las Vegas. Oh, first. you did. Okay. Then we moved to Texas for a leadership opportunity, and then Lakeview called saying, "Hey, you've you've established programs. Would you come and establish one for us?" And so I created the geriatric psychiatric program at Lakeview Hospital in two thousand one, two thousand two, and then they started looking at me different. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you you grow businesses. I said, oh, that's that's a passion of mine. And I had already enrolled in an MBA program while I was in Texas. And so eventually they started asking me, hey, why don't you take over the sleep lab? Why don't you take over marketing? I was a marketing director for a while. Oh, in addition to everything else. Yeah, why don't you? And they don't pay you anymore. Right, this right, is just, right. This is extra. Hey, let's see what else you can do. And I was all too happy to, to do that. And over the years, you become a, this is like, it now it's do. a normal progression. You mm-hmm. have become an assistant administrator, then a COO, then a vice president. And then six years ago, they gave me the reins at Lakeview Hospital, which has just been so great. I love Lakeview Hospital. So invested in this community. Yeah, absolutely. Troy, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, I forgot about that story. I mean, I know Heidi. Yes, one, my one sister of Heidi. Sisters. Uh, who is one of your neighbors. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, she was my, yeah. she's my neighbor and, and dear friend. Yeah. But I'd forgotten about your story. Yeah. Because I was talking to my husband about you, and he said, oh, yeah, Troy plays in a band with Nate. Yes, And right. we know, you're, you're, yeah, Nate. <laughs> and you're good friends with Nate as and, well. And we're good friends Small with Nate world. as well. And so, and I was telling him, well, Troy's is the CEO of the hospital, and and Lisa, said, wait, what? <laughs> and so it's just, it's really neat to see how something that happens to mm. you can really define the rest of your life. Yeah. And really guide you in a direction. Yeah. And I'm sure if you listen to any of your listeners, that would be an interesting story. There's not, I mean, some people have a straight line that just takes them right to a business or right to something else. But usually there's this there's, very crooked line that teaches lessons on every turn. And usually the heartache is what makes you the better person for the next role. It's true. And I, and we, we hate to hear that. Yeah, we hate to right? hear we that something to bad that. is going to turn out good mm. eventually, and it's maybe, yeah, I don't know, for our best good. Right, right, right. But it's great for you. So you, you're now the CEO of the hospital. You've done some incredible things with Lakeview. As a board member, I've been really privileged to learn about some mm. of the things that the hospital does that I didn't know. Um, yeah, people in Kaysville may or may and, not be as familiar with Lakeview because it's in Bountiful. But um, really, we, we do get a, a lot of, of, of residents of Kaysville that do come to Bountiful. Oh, yeah, for sure. We have a huge orthopedic program. So if you know anybody over at Mountain Orthopedics, then, you know, uh, Dr. Edwards from forever ago, Pepper mm-hmm. Murray forever ago. And now you've got Dr. Hickman and Dr. Wooten and Dr. Johnson doing spine. And, 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 and these guys are incredibly busy. And Lakeview is, is their primary place to practice. So if you're looking for surgery, that... That's our, probably our number one go-to. Oh, that's good to know. But of course, the, the ER is measured on our time. And so our, 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 our turnaround times there are incredible. And sometimes when you go in the ER, because they're busy and you have to get behind mm-hmm. the heart attack. Right, exactly. You want a place that knows how to get you in and out. And that, that's something we're known for as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's a great hospital. And you live in? I mean, on Farmington. Farmington, right? Yes. Okay. So you live in Farmington. Yeah. And I was recently, I was at a, an event for uh, the Catalyst Center. Yeah. And your band was there. <laughs> What are you called now? You were called the Red Rock Country Band. Yeah, uh, for about 20 years. If we got to go way back, like in high school, I had a band. It was called Arcana. If that doesn't sound like an 80s hair band. Right. Yeah, so does. Arcana was an 80s hair band. And ever since then, I've always played in the band. When I was in Texas, I found a band and we recorded in Nashville and we, we started making a little go out of that. Mm. Now, when I got up here to Utah, Nate, who mm-hmm. you know, Nate Swanson, uh, my brother in law, and I said, hey, you play guitar, I play guitar and sing. We started Red Rock Country. 
And then we had my brother in the band in the keys, my brother-in-law on the harmonica. And we started just doing all these gigs for many years, but uh, it got hard with seven people. And so when my son learned how to play the drums during the pandemic, because there's nothing else for him to do, yeah. <laughs> he got really good. And so we, we transitioned. And so now there's a four-person band called Bluestone. Oh, and, and that's, that's who played at the Catalyst Center. Oh, okay. Bluestone. Yeah. And it's probably much easier on schedules and just oh, yeah. coordination and everything It's my else. son's like, oh, let's go downstairs and practice versus so let's get seven people it. together to practice. And I kind of say to my son, hey, we got a gig coming up. And he's like, I guess I'll be there. Really? See, that's perfect. Yeah. So it's your son, you, Nate, and then one other. And then his son. Uh, oh, yeah. Noah that's right. is, I forgot. is my nephew. So okay. it's a family band right now. And perfect. it's been great. But of course, they're 17-year-olds who are going to go college admissions soon and so and life's got to change so, again. So then you'll be a team member. I'll be band looking for a some more bandy, bassist so. and a drummer soon. So let me know, people. It's great to have fun hobbies like that. Yeah. What else do you love to do with your family? Um, we're we're heavily into biking right now. My son's on the mountain bike team at okay. Farmington High, and so I joined as a coach uh, three years ago. And uh, like the last race was in Richfield, and we're going to go to Manaway, and we're going to go to. Manti, and then St. George. And so oh, every other cool. weekend is full of that. That's Troy, fun. you're busy. That's but great. You know, you're so, so much involved fun. and you're doing so many really cool things. Yeah. Gosh, that's great. I didn't realize. I mean, I see you at events all the time. I didn't realize how tight knit mm. the community is yeah. when you talk about leaders, I, I guess, really yeah. leaders from different organizations and how, how much interaction there is especially maybe within Davis County. Maybe that's one of the things that really makes it special. It here. does make it special. The Chamber of Commerce is a place where we all convene. We make these relationships and then I might need their help. I mean, during the pandemic, we are all pitching in together. Yes. And everybody was on phone calls weekly as businesses and hospitals and the other hospitals who are in the area. We're, we're, you know, we're all talking about collaborating, just taking care of our community. Yeah. That was a great bonding moment. It, it really was. And it still is. You know, it mm -hmm. continues. Well, and you were a great resource to me. When we had a tragedy, mm. I really appreciate the fact that I was able to reach out to you and you were able to put me in touch with someone who could help me well, you were at, create you, a good message during our that community, time. Your community, particularly, I, I call it our community because I think everybody in Davis County sort of feels like a community we, we regardless do. of Caseville. That was a tragedy in our community. I was at that parade and I, I just got to reach out to you and said, this has got to be tough. Do you need any help? And you're like. I mean, mayors don't have a PR right, team to go to. Like, we don't have a not... PIO in, in the city. Yeah, so. so we were very happy. I didn't do the help. I just knew some people who could well, do that for you. And what a, I, a, I really a hard thing that you that. had to do. And you did a great job. It, it was a hard thing. And it, it was handled well because mm -hmm. of, of the guidance and the direction. So thank you for that. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I love about mm. our, our area. Yeah. Our county, our cities, they all sort of blend in together. And so there really aren't actual boundaries because... You know, we're just all good friends. Yeah. When we talk about leadership, I've been a member of the chamber for years mm. and hadn't been as involved. I've got to admit, <laughs> the way I am now, I'm much more involved. And I realize how powerful it is. Yeah. So as we talk about leadership and things that you've learned along the way, do you have any tips for people? I mean, there might yeah. be people sitting out there that want to grow up and be a CEO. Yeah. And you may not even know that. Um, so if you did want to be a CEO, you'd start somewhere in healthcare and you'd just start learning about leadership and learning the trade, number one. And, and servant leadership is, is really the name of the game now. Yeah, the, the business books of the past, you know, show your presence, never let them see you sweat. You're the, you're the CEO. The the, yeah, you yeah. are this force for good because you are so powerful. And that is just not That's true. leadership. And yeah. I've seen it in you and you have your own business. And I, and I hear from you 
And and really, we are servant leaders, which means if you take your org chart mm-hmm. and from 20 or 30 years ago, you have to flip it upside down. The CEO is no longer at the top as right. this king. He or she is at the bottom. And then for me, I have um, like six officers that report to me directly. And then they have 45 directors that report to them for the 600 employees. My right. job is to hold them up, support them, give, remove barriers, take things out of the way. I, I really say there's three things that I have to do every day that I wake up. I, I got to go and build relationships and solve problems, mm-hmm. remove problems, and then have fun. And, and if I'm doing those three things, bringing a, a lighthearted uh, feel to a very intense environment, lets them breathe a little bit. And I encourage them to build their own relationships and then come to all of us leaders to remove the barriers and and, and, and and the more transparent we are, the more humble we are, the more they're willing to tell us what their barriers are. And then you can build on that. And so there's a lot of you know leadership books that uh, I think that have been really helpful along the way that um, kind of instill that kind of leadership, this humility comes first. Um, Outward Mindset is one that comes to mind. Oh, that is You're familiar point. with the uh-huh. Arbinger Institute, which is right oh, there absolutely right. Yeah. One of the key things they said, you know, uh, number one, if there's a problem, you say it's my problem mm-hmm. first. I got to fix my own part of the problem. And then I can look outward. And it's all about that leader saying, how do I help? Not how do I just kind of push people around and tell them what to do? It that doesn't work. It doesn't work, does it? <laughs> and I love your inverted org chart. Yeah. And, and I know you've been nationally recognized for that. It, it's that called the chart style. of supportive uh, relationships versus an org chart. We don't even yeah. have an org chart. We call it chart of supportive, supportive relationships. relationships. And it's upside down. And mm-hmm. when I show it to people, they're like, you're Wait a upside down. And yeah, why are you at the bottom? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Very intentional. But, but it is intentional because really when you lift people up, they mm. be their best selves. Yeah, our job is to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to pro- provide the resources and the vision yeah. and you set the goals and the standard, but culture eats strategy for breakfast. So yeah. I can put something on a spreadsheet and we do, we have spreadsheets that are miles long. They're just, we literally have hundreds of initiatives that we're trying to accomplish, <laughs> Yeah, but you can't go anywhere unless the culture supports those. So our job is number one culture. Otherwise, all of those are just going to stay in a spreadsheet. We're not going to accomplish anything. Troy, and even in your board meetings, mm-hmm. I can see this is so evident. The food is fantastic. (laughs) I will say I do get the opportunity to serve on a lot of boards and committees and commissions, and none of them have the kind of food that we have at Lakeview. (laughs) And really, I think that that, you know, just that attention to detail Mm. really does, it it presents a a leadership skill and it presents a a way of life and 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 a, what's the word I'm looking for? Just sort of an environment of service. Hopefully that's reflective. And and then also everybody should know that Nobody gets paid to be on boards these days. Right. Like we're not at corporate boards. Um, I'm also on the board uh, with the Board of Health. And of course, that's not a paid position, but six years of that is just really valuable. But they reward you by camaraderie and relationships. Mm-hmm. And for you guys, we're like, what can we do to these guys? We'll give them at least a nice meal. Right. It's... And then we try to overstaff it so you can take that food home to your spouse who had to really make that sacrifice. Which that is night. just, that's brilliant. I mean, it's just a tiny consideration, yeah. but it, it sets a tone. Yeah. Good. And, and it really does across. make it, it does. It makes it collaborative. And I want to tweet, hey, my board's better than yours. And I haven't done that yet, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm going to, because it just, it sets the tone for, for service and, mm-hmm. and paying attention to people and the people that matter that are supporting you. Because then when you have a, a call to action, hopefully you get the support that you need from your board members Yeah. where some other boards might, you know, not, not receive the same sort of after hours type of, mm-hmm. of 
contribution. Yeah, yeah. I think you do a really good job of that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's a team effort for sure. It, it is for sure. And as so as a community, what can we do to support organizations like yours? Yeah. You know, I didn't want to leave this podcast without thanking the community. Um, it was a tough two years and our our people got worn out. Everybody got worn out. So much to the point where, you know, there's a lot of turnover in healthcare. And we're really fortunate because, you know, we're at maybe a 16% turnover right now. And we're usually used to 13. Not that, so that's a difference, but not nearly what my colleagues up north and south are. They're really? experiencing 40% turnover. And you, you can almost not run an organization when everybody, half the organization is new. You're still trying to teach them the, the way and the culture and keeping it going. Our community came and stepped up like nothing but cakes was just delivering cakes all over the place. Really? Uh, Little Caesars Pizza was bringing pizza daily for a while. Just, and then every um, Centurion's Grill came over one day and there was so much um, support from the community. And the, these folks who remember the beginning of the pandemic, they didn't know. They thought their lives were in jeopardy. Mm -hmm, right. it, it ended up that we didn't get a single patient to employee um, transmission. Oh, good. Which is, you that's, look at New York and everybody was dying in New York because they didn't know how to protect themselves. So we're really proud of that, but they didn't know that in the beginning. So they're still coming to work. Mm -hmm. I remember driving on the freeway as the only person on the freeway <laughs> going from Farmington to, to Bountiful because nobody else was Everybody even allowed else. Mm -hmm. You stay home, we go to work. And we put ourselves in that, that, that danger. My, my staff stepped up. And so the community came behind them and just said, thanks for making that sacrifice. And that's still important today because it's still um, not gone. You know, mm -hmm. COVID's gonna, we're going to live with that uh, in spite of the fact that there's very little COVID in hospitals today killing people, which is what a, what a blessing. That wasn't the case you know, a year and a half ago. And so we're fortunate there. So I did want to say thanks to the community while we had this opportunity. I, I appreciate the fact that people stepped up. I mean, here in Caseville, they did too. Mm. They supported small business, fast food, takeout. Yeah. I mean, it was- That was our pleasure, it, right? It we were great. like, hey, I think great. I got to go support small business. So it, I'm going to go to yeah. this local restaurant. Well, and that's what was so neat is people were looking out for opportunities mm. to support these businesses, support these healthcare workers. Yeah. To, to really say thank you for being there for us because it was so uncertain. And there's always something. I mean, I read a, a statistic on monkeypox. Yeah. Right. That's the next thing that's coming. hundred plus people in Utah. Yeah. I thought, oh my. Really? Yeah, I think, you know, we'll, we'll watch something. that one. It's it's transmitted differently. Yes, so it's not um, like your grocery store, you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it'll still spread and it'll still be infectious. And we always knew about pandemics. It wasn't like when COVID hit, it's like, oh, I didn't anticipate a pandemic. No, we, we all had this, this binder that was sitting on a shelf and we've been running drills for pandemics for 20 years, the whole time I've been at Lakeview with pandemic. And then we went through H1N1. We were giving out pan, uh, Tamiflu and mm -hmm. we were doing bird flu stuff. It was just at a, such a smaller level. And then all of a sudden, one comes down that is similar. So you take the, the, the plan off the shelf and you look at it and you go, doesn't apply. Yes. Go and outdated. build an airplane in the middle of the air and everybody learn from each other along the way. And the more you can learn from each other because right. there's just so much data being shared, then the faster we could get over this. And I think we did a really good job as a country, all things considered, how challenging it might have been. I think we did too. How did you do in your hospital? I know you did really well as far as retention and just supporting your staff. But what do you think was maybe if you could identify just the main key to success? Yeah. I mean, there really. I mean, there, there were, are so many things that probably contributed. There really were, and I was really proud of our company. Lakeview Hospital belongs to an organization that is known as Mountain Star locally here, because there's eight, eight hospitals in Utah. But um, 
We belong to a parent company called HCA Hospital Corporation of America. And when the pandemic hit, other healthcare organizations said, nobody's coming to the hospitals right now. Remember, they all just stayed home. And so they mm-hmm. weren't even crashing their bike on. The, you, right. You, right. So, people were sitting in their couch. Yeah. And so other organizations reduced people's wages and sent them home or, or, or just temporarily let them go. And HCA said, everybody sold whole. We're going to give you p- pandemic pay. If we don't need you here, we're going to pay you to sit at home and we're going to keep you whole because we know you're, we're going to need you soon. And so that was a big investment. And, and not everybody was able to do that. You probably couldn't have done that if you were just a local community hospital relying on yourself. But we had national oh. ties. There's 187 of these hospitals. Oh, really? You're part of that huge, markets. huge It's the largest network. healthcare network in the world, uh, essentially. I, I doubt people know that Lakeview is a part of that. That's right. That's and you know impressive. what? I'm glad for that because at the end of the day, I want you to feel like it's a it community hospital. Because it doesn't feel co- corporate. Yes, I but see. But corporations are important for things like a pandemic because the learning curve is so huge. And if somebody learned something in Nashville, Tennessee, or Florida that would be valuable to me, immediately I get that learning. And so that's what happened. And then, and then we, we, we did, we set, we set some standards about PTO and everything else that you didn't have to dip into and kept everybody whole. And so I think that's a large reason why our turnover is, is lower than maybe um, some others. But ultimately, at the end of the day, did you feel like you belong? Yeah. Did you belong? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a certain amount of pay that has to be there because we right. all support our families. But there, uh, Hugh Brown once said that it was about $5 difference. Good culture, bad culture. You can hold on to somebody for almost $5, $5. difference. Yeah, that's And true. eventually you just have to go because the pay isn't right. So you have to pay right. And we feel like that's an important part of what we do. But the reason people stay is because they appreciate being appreciated. You're right. And they're, they, they're truly known by their leaders mm-hmm. who are listening to them and treating them like a person. That's true. And that's, that is the key to retention. Well, and Troy, even in, in our meetings that we, that we attend as board members, you know everybody. You've got relationships with everybody. And when they come in, you you say you have a personal um, connection to them yeah. that you're able to share, and that does make a huge difference. Yeah, they are it, good friends. Yeah, they're your friends and they're coworkers, and mm-hmm. even though they all work for you, mm. they feel like part of your team. Yeah, and you're right; they belong. Yeah, there's a book called um, "The Culture Code." It's by mm, Daniel Coyle. That is good. Yeah, you've heard that one. I have. Uh, there's some really great things about belonging cues that he has to share in that and the marshmallow experiment. You're probably familiar with that. Why do, why do kid, kindergartners uh, succeed more than business and uh, even architects in building a tower made of marshmallows and spaghetti? It was safety. They felt safe. So you create a safe place for your employees who can complain, tell you the problems, and then you work on the problems. Together, that safe environment is why people succeed and not succeed. And yeah, Dan Coyle nails that one really well. Yeah, that is good. And you've definitely learned and, and you exhibit all of these skills, which is fantastic Very because kind. people really, at the end of the day, we're people. Yeah. yeah. You know, and all just, businesses just, are really people businesses. We, we are. We're people. And if we like where we are, we like the people we work with, we like what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a huge difference in just overall satisfaction. And as a mental health professional as well, mm. I bet that gives you such an added skill. Yeah, because you can really read people. I joke that I've got, you know, one of those psychiatry couches that look like Sigmund Freud in my office. <laughs> Do you? I don't actually have oh, one. Oh, you don't actually have one? Okay. <laughs> but, but I get, you know, when I started it's, out it's my career, feeling. I was sitting down like you and I are right now, and I was talking about their marriage or their family, and that was the one-to-one. I could help one person at a time every hour. And now I feel like um, I have 600 clients called employees and another 200 called physicians who who have to know that my door's open for them to come in and out and have these relationships. And yeah, I might be supporting them and their family. I want to get to know them as a person. And so that might be an opportunity. 
um, or steer, steer them in the right direction. But I'm a macro social worker now. Yeah, uh, you are. So I think all leaders eventually have to learn that that's their main role. Well, I think we've seen with police how important yeah, it is to have those skills. relationships and, mm-hmm. and, and approach a really difficult, because in leadership, you don't always get to make the happy choices either. You might have right. a hard conversation. It might end up in somebody losing their job because mm-hmm. you have a business that you have to run. Everything has to be done respectfully. Like right. the police have to go and arrest somebody. They can not like it's, it it's, as, it's, a, it's as, true. as a criminal who doesn't have to like that. But they should be still treated with respect and the relationship that they have with the community. The, the police are like, you have to do hard things. I appreciate that. Well, we've had experiences like that within our own company. We, we've had to let people go yeah. over the years. And when, the, when we let people go and they still bring us a Christmas present, <laughs> I feel good about you, that. You definitely know. Right? That's it. a win because then I think, okay, at least mm-hmm. they know that we appreciated them and, you know. Doing the very best that we They're can for them. I, I, I'd sell them. It's, there's a very small portion of the population that just doesn't belong. Everybody else just is in the wrong position. So yeah. let's find the right position. If you're not succeeding, it's probably that you're not, it's not because you're a bad person. It's you're in the wrong spot. So let's yeah. find that right spot. Now there's going to be some that just don't fit in. That's and, true. And then you have to move on from those folks. But I think it's a very small portion of the population. I, I think so too. I think so too. And people are so valued and appreciated and yeah, especially today. Grateful. You're willing to work and you've got a wage. Exactly. Well, Come on we can't even find people who yeah. are willing to work. Yeah, so. I'll grow you into something. <laughs> right. We'll find something for you. We've got great personality. Yeah. We can make it fit somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good. It's all about people, isn't right, it? Right. It is. Troy, thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for your service. Thank, thank you. Thank you for servant leadership and, and how you read, I've heard some of your previous podcasts talk about mayors have no power. They have influence. They do. Which means you really have to work at that because there's nobody at the end of the day who's responsible to you except that they, they want to listen to you because of who you are as a person. And that's a unique position and you do a really great job with that. Thank you for that. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So grateful to have the opportunity. 